everybody. Great, great to have you here with us today. I guess you made it back up here. Got I your made card it. and everything. Just in time, yes. Awesome. Hey, we're going to be continuing our series today, Roadmap to Relationships. And uh, we, we had, were planning on really just doing it one week originally. Uh, had a lot of good feedback. Decided to do it a second week. Had some good feedback. So we've decided to do it a third week. But honestly, this is the last time that we're going to uh, do it, at least for a while. And uh, Basically, you're saying this is the last time you're going to speak with no, me. No, no, no. No, I'm not at all. <laughs> just no, kidding. No, not at all. But anyway. Yeah, so anyway, we're glad that you're with us today. <laughs> What's funny about two people speaking is you're never sure if they're supposed to be speaking or if I'm supposed to be speaking. So anyway, uh, we're glad that you're with us today. In fact, if you're joining us online, I want to really welcome you. I'm going to invite everybody up to, to stand up, if you would. Let's start this all over. Okay, we invite everybody to stand. We're going to make some declarations over our life because we believe the tongue has the power of life and death. Yes, and we constantly want to learn how to be speaking words of life because it's yep. easy not to speak words of life over ourselves. And so let's make these declarations together and let's say it like we mean it. Y'all ready? Yes. God is who, who he says he is. is. God, God will, will do what he says he will do. I am who God says I am. I can do all things through Christ. God's word is truth. God's word is alive and active in me. And now because of what Christ has done, I'm highly favored, greatly blessed, and deeply loved. Y'all believe that today? Yes. Amen. Well, this morning as we, we're going to pray in just a second, but um, we're going to do something a little bit different. We have a group of women going to Jordan um, and just on, t on Tuesday for a missions trip. And so I think there's, I think there's eight, are there like, do you know, are there eight or nine of you guys? Okay. Yes. Um, going and we want to pray over them as they're going. We want to just pray. And I just want you to be praying for them for the next 10 days that God would just be with them and direct their paths the whole time they're there. And so would you guys just agree with me? We're going to pray for them and then we're going to dive right into the message this morning. So father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you so much for the opportunity. These amazing women get to have to go to Jordan and spread the love and the hope of Jesus Christ. And so, God, I just pray for protection over them. I pray, God, that their every door that's supposed to be open would open, God. I pray the doors that are supposed to shut would be shut, God. And I pray that you would go before them in everything they say, everywhere they go, everywhere they step, step their foot. And I pray blessings over them as they go. So, Father, I pray, God, that their lives would be changed and the hearts and lives of the women and the people that they're going to minister to will be changed. And people will come to know who you are through this ministry, Father. So I thank you and I bless you in Jesus name and God we just pray right now for the service God we just ask right now father that you would speak to each one of us God a fresh word, a, a yes. fresh understanding, a fresh revelation, God, of your goodness, Lord, and that we would begin Amen. to understand how important it actually is mm -hmm. to, to be um, relationally intelligent, to navigate correctly the relationships in our lives. Mm -hmm. So, God, I just thank you for everyone that's here today, those that are watching online, and let your Holy Spirit speak a fresh word to us, God. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's children said, Amen. Amen. You may Amen. be seated today, and we will be seated also. Yes, and um, we We've talked about this multiple times every every week that we've talked about relationships. Have you guys enjoyed this? Has it been like something you can apply to your life? Well, I will tell you this. I really think that, first of all, um, everything about God is relational. 
I mean, he created man in order to have a relationship. He wanted relationship with us. So all throughout the word of God, it's all about relationship, our relationship with God, our relationship with our family. Um, and so to have, as we're talking, talking about the roadmap to the relationship, we've talked about God's word. And we really can't skip over that because it's so important. So once again, and we wanted to say again, that God's word is the roadmap for relationships. It is the roadmap for relationships. It, re it really does become a game changer in our life. And, and sometimes when you say the same thing over and over again, people can get a little aware they stop listening to it. But you know, how many of you know that sometimes you can understand something but not actually apply the thing that you're understanding? Um, and we, we see it a lot more in other people because you have a conversation and you think you walked away with an understanding of, oh, okay, so this is how we're going to act. And then they don't act like that or they don't act like that. Right. And so what we want to keep reminding you of is how powerful the word of God hidden in your heart actually is, that it actually produces fruit in your life. Right. In fact, in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus tells the parable of the sower. And if you've been a follower of Christ for any period of time, you, you know that the farmer represents God's scattering seed, which is his word. And it falls on four types of soil. And I think those four types of soil are found within the church today. Right. The, the first one is the path. It's the hard heart that people that come to church week after week, week after week, and their heart is very hard towards the things of God, and the, and the seed goes forth. We hear the word, and the enemy steals it, and they walk out literally the same week in, week out, week in, week out. Yeah. Sometimes that's across the board. Sometimes it's in a particular area of their life. We spend a lot of time talking about the love of God and the grace of God, and if your heart is kind of hard towards that, the devil comes and steals the seed all the time. So we got to make sure that the seat, the soil of our heart is ready. The third, second soil is the, the stony ground where the seed gets down and it starts to produce something. But when persecution comes because of the word, it withers and dies. So we hear the word and we go, yeah, I believe that by his stripes we are healed. I believe that. But then we go out and we deal with sickness. And suddenly because of the persecution of the word, it begins to wither in our life because it has no root. Meaning we didn't kind of dig down a little bit deeper in the middle of that process. The third soil is the, the thistles growing up around it. It chokes the word and keeps it from being unfruitful in our life. And the fourth and final soil, which we're working towards, is when it falls into fertile soil in our hearts and lives. Right. And it produces a crop in our lives, 30, 60, and 100 fold. Here's, here's why I want to bring that up again today is because we're, we've been in this series on relationships. And you can come in and, and listen and just go, okay, awesome. Man, Pam was really cute today. I really like that outfit that she had on. Or you can walk it. That was a good time to go, hey, man. Somebody really liked it, my shoes again earlier. Oh, yeah. You notice her new shoes she got? In fact, our granddaughter really <laughs> likes them. Say, honey, can I have those? But, but we can come in and we can just hear something and go, oh, okay, that was good. Or, oh, yeah, that was okay. Or we can go, man, let me, let me lean in this morning and let, let, me, let me let the word of God speak something fresh to me today right. so that I can understand some things that I haven't understood before. Because you see, Jesus finished that parable, and here's what he said in Matthew chapter 13, verses 10 and 11. It says, and the disciples came to him and said, why do you speak to them in parables? And in other words, Jesus, why do you speak in parables? And he said, he answered and said to them, because it has been given to you, talking about followers of Jesus Christ to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to them it has not been given. Right. And that is so important for us to understand that the truths of the word of God are not hidden from his children, but for his children. Right. They're, they're revealed for his children. Listen, 
God wants you to understand his promises. He wants you to understand the purpose and plan that he has for your life. But, and it gets difficult because sometimes you read the word and it's hard to understand. Right. And what we do sometimes is we just quit rather than continuing to read and allow the word of God to really build a foundation in our life. Yeah, so when, we, when we've accepted Christ into our life, he, uh, Jesus deposits the Holy Spirit in us. Jesus is embodied in our holy in, in our in our bodies through the Holy Spirit, and He's the one who leads and guides us, and He guides us and says into all truth. That's what the Holy Spirit. He's called the Helper, and He's designed to help us to walk and live out our life with Christ. And so that's why sometimes things may seem challenging or difficult, but when we are a child of God. The Holy Spirit is revealing the truth of his word all the time to us when we're digging into God's word. Hey, I wanted to ask you a question, put you on the spot a little bit, and maybe ask you all too. You ever been reading the word of God and you have an aha moment? I mean, you, sometimes you're, you're reading it, you're reading it, it's the, nobody? Okay. Yeah. You, you read it and you've got the Logos word of God that you're reading over and over again, and you've read maybe a passage a bunch of times, and all of a sudden you have this aha moment like, Oh my goodness, I never saw that before. Right. Show of hands, you, you've ever had that. I, I think it's incredible. And a lot of times we spend a lot of time reading the word of God and we're kind of like, is this making sense? It's, I don't really know fully what he's talking about. But man, those aha moments are game changers. Do you, do you have one you, you want to share? Well, I don't have one in particular, but I will okay. say I do know that like when I have them reading the word of God and it feels like there's like a scripture that jumps off the page. You know, have you ever felt that where the scripture jumps off the page and you're like, okay, that is for me right now. Like I need that word right now. That is like God speaking to me. And that's what he's talking about. I don't, can't think of an exact example yeah, right in a now. Moment, I, can, I can think of one for you. When, when we were getting married and I've shared this before, I, I was a little nervous about getting married. Any of you a show of hands were nervous when you were getting married I was and I was asking God God show me and I read in Proverbs that he who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord I'd read that hundreds of times but in that moment when I needed that word it came alive to me does that make sense I was so glad so, that God did that to you you were you still are I'm still okay, glad good. she's still glad about that but but that's what the <laughs> word of God does for us it really changes because God wants us as followers of Jesus Christ to understand how to walk in the abundant life that he has for us in all areas of our life. Right. In every area, God wants us to walk in abundance that he has for us. It, it's difficult at times, again, to, to be consistent, to be faithful, and the enemy will beat you up saying, you've tried this before, it's not going to work. Get back into the word of God, let the word of God get into you. It really does become a game changer. In fact, it's so important to understand related to Ephesians chapter 4. Um, you want me read it or you want to read it? Ephesians chapter 4, Paul's writing and he's talking about the church. He's talking about the body of Jesus Christ, which is what all of us are. We are all a part of the body of Jesus Christ. We're part of a local body here at Amarillo Fellowship, but we're also a part of the, the larger body worldwide. And it says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. It's the fivefold ministry and notice that he gave them meaning these are gifts to us to equip his people for works of service so so God has called me as a pastor he's called other people that work in like the apostolic or the prophetic or the evangelistic or the teacher to equip people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of God so, so God wants us to be mature. 
Right. That, that's really what relationships are supposed to do in our lives. They're there to mature us, to develop the fullness of life. We talk a lot about the blessings and favor of God being in our lives. And some people go, I'm not seeing it. The, the question is, are you walking in the fullness of what God is actually trying to lead you into? Right. Because if you have a dysfunction in your life and you don't realize you've got a dysfunction in your life, it will literally keep you from walking in all that God has for you. And we all have blind spots. We all have those areas where we're not seeing things. So really, what does it mean to be mature? Mm. Let me ask you, what does it mean to be mature? Well, I think God that, is that really just a, like? Yeah, we're right there. Right here? Okay. Um, I'm sorry. I was actually, was actually thinking about something else. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, say it. I, can I back up for just one you second? I'm just thinking when we were reading that verse in Ephesians 4 that we're all different. God gave each and every one of us different gifts and abilities, so we're, we're made differently. And it's, a, it's easy to look at um, the person next to you and say, man, if I was just like them, then I could attain. Or if I just had that gift, if I could just sing, or if I could just play an instrument, or if I could just do this, or if I could just do that. Knowing but God has created all of us uniquely special and and different and we need to value that difference but that's what helps us also all become mature because if we were all the same that would not be that would not be very good right even though we want everybody to be the same pam and i are probably are almost the complete opposite in almost everything from our communication styles to saving spending all those different things but when we value the differences we're able to save money properly but we're able to have a good time we're able to not talk about things all the time but we can also get things out on the table and dialogue with them and so we have to understand every one of us that are a part of the body of Jesus Christ that you are a gift to the body of Jesus Christ right right amen you are a gift. God has gifted you to be a part of the body of Christ. So really, what does it mean to really mature us? Well, God's designed to instill, the relationships are in our lives designed to instill confidence in our lives. Yeah. You're in one another's life to put confidence in that person's life. Yes. Unfortunately, we spend a lot more time talking about their problems and their wrong behaviors than we actually do about their destiny and their purpose. Yes. Let me give you another shot at that. We spend way too much time talking about their problems and wrong behaviors than we do about their destiny and purpose. Right. They do something wrong and we speak about that. Well, you're always this way and you never do this that kind of stuff. Rather than reminding ourselves, they're an amazing, mi mighty man of God and a mighty woman of God. And we need to declare that. We need to speak that over our lives. I, I totally agree with that. In our confidence, like I was thinking about when we first started the church, I would basically cry all the way to the church thinking, how in the world am I going to lead worship? I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I'm whatever. And Richie would always look at me and go, babe, you were made for this. You can do this. I mean, he would just speak confidence and tell me who I am, not who I was feeling like at the moment and at the time. And so we are called to speak that life. I mean, we don't know what we're calling out in others, but we've got to call out the best in them. When they can't see it in themselves, why don't we start calling out those things that God has spoken and we can see, we can see it. Sometimes we're so insecure in ourselves that we can't see the greatness that God has really put on yeah, us. Yeah. And so I, and there's 
a group of women that I meet with, um, some of the younger staff that I meet with on a, every couple of weeks, and one of my biggest desires in meeting with those, those young leaders is this, is I speak live to them and I tell them, you're a strong and mighty young leader. You, just because you're younger, does not mean that you cannot lead strong and lead well. You are called and you're destined, you're destined to do great things. And so I just try to speak life in the, into them because I know that, the, that just being in life itself can kind of beat you down. And we are called to speak life and hope into people who really need it, especially those people who are the closest to us, those people we're in relationship with. Um, when I'm down, Richie speaks and says, babe, you've got this. It's going to be okay. Um, we're going to get through this. Or the same for him. If he's, you know, in a, in a challenging season, I'm like, babe, we're going to be okay. We're going to get through this. You're going to make it. So we speak life and hope and confidence knowing like you are a mighty man of God. You are a mighty woman of God. Those are the kind of things that we need to be speaking into the relationships that we have so that we, we can really become mature. Yes, yes, because probably one of the biggest things that I'm challenged with is speaking in front of people. I mean, the enemy nonstop yaps in my ear about, you can't get up there, or after I get done, that was horrible. And my wife is constantly reminding me, you're an incredible communicator. You're an incredible communicator. Listen, I'm no T.D. Jakes, and I don't have to be T.D. Jakes. I don't have to be some uh, preacher that you see on TV that's amazing. I just have to be Richie. Right. And I have to know that God's called me in this moment. God has called you in this moment for a certain purpose and destiny, yeah. and you just got to step into it. So we've got to put confidence in one another. We've got to encourage one another. Right. Listen, we sometimes um, don't take the time to just encourage each other and remind each other, hey, you've got this. Yeah. That my wife is an incredible encourager. She's always speaking words of life. She's always saying, babe, you look nice. Babe, you look wonderful. And I'm learning from her how to be more encouraging because we all need to be encouraged from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. 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 I'll preach to you today. We all need to be encouraged from time to time. <laughs> Amen. Right? We just need that in our hearts yeah. and lives, and it's so important that we become encouraging. Listen, God wants to enlarge us through relationships. Right. He does. He, he wants to grow our capacity to, to understand things. When you get in a relationship with people, you have to learn that there's some give and take. There's some, there's some things that you've got to lay down, some things that you have to die to when you're married or you're in a, with your relationship with your kids or friendships that you just have to learn to work on making the relationship because, again, he wants to enlarge you. Right. So you've you got to make sure that you're allowing that capacity to be enlarged in your life. Yes, and I know like you may be in a relationship or you've had something where you've gone through a challenging season or you have a friend who's walking through something hard. I'm thinking of something in particular right now of a friend, of a friend who's walking through something really challenging. And this week I got the opportunity to call, call her and say, listen, I want to let you know that you are valuable, that you are stronger than you think that you are, that you're going to make it, that you're going to come through on the other side. I know things don't look the way you thought they would, but God, this did not take God by surprise, yeah. and that yeah. you're going to come through this. It may not look like what you thought it was going to look like, but you're going to come through on the other side of this, and you are going to make it. So we need people in our lives who can encourage us and, and also speak that, that in, the enlarging is, I may see something in you and say, listen, you are called. You may, you're called to do something greater than what you believe that you can do in yourself. So we call those things out in people. And which kind of leads me to the next thing of we, we have people in our lives who are, we call them true friends. We have true friends in our life, right? You have good true friends, but 
I want to ask you, do you have truth friends in your life? People that will speak the truth. People who will speak the truth to you and let you know, I've got mustard on my face, or, you know, will tell me when something isn't really right. We need to have truth friends in our life that will help us to navigate through things in our life because sometimes we can't see. We, we are blindsided. We have a blind spot. We can't see something about ourselves. And we need to have a few, at least three, two or three people in our life, friendships, people in our life who can help us see when there are things in us that are not quite right. Yeah. So don't raise your hand on this, but I want to ask you, do you have some truth friends in your life? Do you have some people that you've really let into your life? And, and I think the, the more people that you can allow into your life, the better it actually is. Because let's just say you've been friends with somebody for 20 years. You guys have begun to think a lot alike. Yeah. You know, in fact, if you want to know what you're going to look like in two or three years from now, look at who you're hanging out with right now. Because you're going to become like them. You're going to begin to think like them. And so, man, that's awesome. But sometimes you need to invite some fresh voices into your life. It's one of the things I like when people come on staff that are new or people are new to the church, step into a leadership role, and we kind of give them the opportunity to speak things. They see things that we don't see anymore. Right. In fact, this church growth thing that we're going through, Ready, Set, Grow, we are actually going to have an on-site visit from our mentor that will come in, and he'll talk about things that we don't see anymore. We want that right. because we want to be better as a church, and when we invite those people into our life, it helps us to be better in who we actually are and better with our relationships. So we, we want those truth friends that can be honest, but is there a correct way to be honest? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Is there a correct way to be I mean, think about it. How many of you had people in your life that are brutally honest and it's not pretty? I'm about ready to tell you something that's going to be good for you. And they go on to tell you all these things that are not good for you. They are negative, nasty things. Listen, there's a correct way for us to be honest. You want to touch on it first? <laughs> well, I sure can. <laughs> um, you know, my personality in itself is just more gentle and a little more just encourager. So for me, I have to be careful because, like, I have to, I have to, I don't allow everybody in my life to just to speak whatever. I have a few friends that I that can just speak into my life, um, and I can really receive that because I know they really love me, even if it's going to be honest and it might be a little painful. I can receive it from them because I have such a great history and tr uh, trust with them that I can receive it even if it's challenging. You know what I'm saying? So you need to have some people in your life like that. But even in that, um, they might be a little more um, um, aggressive. Not aggressive is not the right word. Just more direct. And I'm a little more gonna like take the long road around it. You know, you guys are probably like, you know, some of you guys are like, we just, got a problem. It's just a cut to the to chase and tell me what you're thinking. And I'm like, you know, so I'm gonna like tell you how awesome you are, and you know, like kind of get around to it. Um, but they know how to speak to me in a way that I can receive it. And that's what I think when we're talking about how to be honest. You need to know, you need to be able to read the people that you're talking to and make sure that you're talking to them in a way that they can receive it. Otherwise, it just falls on deaf ears and you really just don't get through to that person. And so some people like it more direct and so you can speak a little more like, you can just kind of tell it how it is. But there are other people, they just have a harder time receiving that language now Richie yes. would rather just like please just tell me what do you want I mean like just tell yes, to me, me I, ju I just want to talk about it so I'm like bah you know <laughs> that's it and 
neither one are correct. I have to learn how to read the moment and read how Pam is actually responding to what I'm saying. Right. Um, this past week in our, in our counseling session, uh, we didn't share this in the first service, but in our counseling session, it, it was, was a really bit hard. Um, it was one of those things. Just by the way, we're doing great. All right. For those of you <laughs> that are getting really fearful now, we are doing great. I think we are doing the best we've ever done. Yes. Seriously. Amen. Yes. Amen. And, and it has been a journey to get there. But this week in our, our counseling session, we were talking about things. We went out with a couple Friday night, and they said, so what are you talking about? And when I was about to share it, and the, the waitress came up, and we ordered and kind of got distracted from it. But um, we were talking about those things that trigger us. You know, the, the things that I do, that when I do it, it kind of triggers something in Pam. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And when she does something, it triggers something in me. And how many of you know that those things are very sensitive to you when you're getting triggered, but the person that's triggering you has no idea what they're doing or that, that it's that big of a deal. They're like, get over it. Come on, move on. And so the great thing about having a counselor is it'd be easy for us in, in the conversation to just say, move on, sister. What's wrong with you? I didn't mean it that way. Let's go. And that's not going to work very well. It'd be the same for her. But when we actually are valuing the differences, right. and again, we're recognizing the right honesty, we learn how to be honest. I learn how to be honest in a way that Pam feels good about what I'm saying. So I'm a little bit more cautious and careful than I re would really maybe naturally be. And she is a little bit more, maybe just let's get to the point quicker than she would naturally be because she knows we want to deal with the issue. We, we don't want to keep ha we don't want to have the issues we're having right now a year from now. Right. Let me, let me say that again because some of you have been in the issues for years and years and years and you've just given up. We do not want to be where we are today with these issues in a year from now. Right. So what are we doing? We are being honest with one another. We're getting stuff out and dialoguing and talking about it and talking about it in a way that we're thinking win-win again. Yeah. It's about the relationship being healthy in everything that we're doing. So it, God puts us in relationships to te teach us really how to love one another. Yes. I don't know if you know that, but how many of you recognize that you can be pretty selfish from time to time? I understood that more when I got married, and I understood it even more when I had kids. Because yeah. suddenly my time is not my own. When before, I could pick up and go out on a, on a trip on the weekend with my buddies or whatever. Now, there's somebody else we got to dialogue about. And then, then when you have kids, you've got kids in the house. For some of you, it's now dogs, but you got kids in the house and you just can't pick up and leave at any moment. There's things that you have to learn to navigate. So you learn how to love in a relationship. You learn how to give up your right to be right. Yes. You so learn good. how to sacrifice. You learn how to serve. We, we learn how to interact with one another. Yeah. Yeah. That when I'm dialoguing with Pam and I see in her eyes, I'm not doing it right. I can just go, hey, you need to suck it up, buttercup, and keep pushing. Or I can go, you know what? Let me let me back up here a little bit. Let me let me see this in a way. Or and now what I'm starting to do, I'm asking her, are you okay? Yeah. Are you okay with what we're talking about? Yeah. Is that helping any at all? Yeah, it's great because then at least I know like he's seeing and hearing me, and I feel it makes me feel like it's a little more safe, and we can be open and transparent. But if at some point a line kind of gets to where I'm not feeling comfortable about this conversation, we can just take a minute, breathe, and then come back to the conversation because at the end of the day, my relationship with him is more important than the issue that we're talking about. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Being in relationships teaches us how to believe in God. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but the people that I have in my life that have a revelation about God that I don't currently have, 
I want to learn it because what I think is that it's easy for me to think I should say is that what I understand about God is the complete package. Mm. But in reality, I learned so much from other people about what to believe. So the issue comes down to dealing with relationship is everyone, because again, God has placed us in a body. We all have influence. Right. The question is, is how are we using the influence that God has given us? Mm -hmm. How are we using the gifting that God has given us to help other people in our lives? We're called to serve one another. That's good. We're called to serve one another. That's good. That's Some good. of you think you're going to get signed up for children's ministry if you aim, amen me too loud. But we're called to serve one another. Right. We're called to, to allow the influence that God has given us to influence people in a real positive way. In influencing one another, we have to realize that our life is not our own. Yeah. We belong to Christ. So uh, my influence, your influence goes way beyond just you. It goes to the, the people uh, that are close to you, and then it trickles down, down beyond that. And so your decisions that you make, they do not just affect you. They affect so many other people. So the things that we say, the, the, the influence that we have is much bigger and much broader than you may realize that it is. So your life, I'm trying to get at, maybe your life affects so many more people than you realize. Um, that movie from at Christmas, what's the movie? It's a Wonderful it's Life. It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, that's a great illustration. If you've never watched, that's a classic, you know, Christmas. George Bailey. George Bailey, yeah. So he, you know, he's like, I wish I would have never been born. And they show him what it would have been like if he had never been born. And all these different people who their lives were so different because he had never been born. And I think that's how we have to see ourselves, that you are made on purpose for a purpose. And so your life influences people so much deeper than you may realize. And you're valuable and you're important to the people around you and to the kingdom of God. And that's, again, why it's so important for us to be as healthy and mature as we possibly can. Right. So that when we're using our influence, so how are we using our influence? Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5, and he's talking to all of us who are followers of Jesus Christ. This is not a church leadership thing. It's not for people who are more spiritual. It's for every one of us. He says this, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light, again talking to all of us, so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So God has called us to let our light shine. The challenge with that is we don't think we should let our light shine. Because we look at our insecurities, we look at our sins, we look at our failures, and we think, I'm not qualified to let my light shine. You are qualified to let your light shine because the light of the world lives on the inside of you yes, today. So good. And listen, you will impact people, even in the middle of sometimes some dysfunction and challenging and some failures that I will never reach or somebody around you will never reach. Right. We have a responsibility to let our light shine. Why? So that people may see your good works. They see you growing, see you developing. You're not where you were last year. But also that when that happens, it brings glory to our Father who is in heaven. Right. People begin saying, so tell me, what is it about you that's so different? You can begin to say, well, look, I'm a Christ follower. doesn't mean that I'm perfect. But what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to follow after Jesus because I think he's the most incredible example to follow after. And I want to encourage you to do the same with it. So how are we actually using the light that God's given us? How are we using that? To, to, how are we using that to light the path that God has given them or to shine it in their face? You know, there, there's a, a light, and the light of the Word of God is very bright, 
by the way. We need to make sure we're always shining in on the path of life, helping people understand what their next step might be. Sometimes to correct a problem, sometimes to encourage them in what they're doing, that they're doing a great job. We never shine it in their face in a way to bring condemnation to them, that we're trying to reveal their sins to them in what we're doing. So, in the, go ahead, babe. No, go ahead. So we want to just be very careful with what we're doing with our life because in the relationships with people in our lives, we are constantly making deposits mm -hmm. and withdrawals. Exactly. In fact, um, have you guys ever heard of like um, a love deposit bank? Like when the you emotional think emotional bank account. Yeah, the emotional bank account. So in in all of our lives, we're either um, we're either depositing love and affection or whatever into the people that are closest in our relationships, or we're making a withdrawal. And especially in a marriage relationship, you you hear a lot about like, um, well, you always need to be putting. Um, it's like putting money in the bank. You're yeah. always just trying to put um, deposits into that love emotional bank account because there's going to be times when you're going to need to make a withdrawal. There's going to be times when things are, there's going to be withdrawals. And so you need to make sure you have enough in the account so when those withdrawals happen that you're not going negative in the bank account, so to speak, the emotional bank account. Because when that happens, that's when you get yourself emotionally drained, you get yourself in burnout, you get yourself in a place that's not healthy, and then you have to recover from that and get yourself back in a good place. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta be able to read the relationship. You gotta kinda know where they're at. And, and you also have to understand this concept in relationships of concentric circles. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that term, but basically it's a circle, and then there's a larger circle and a larger circle, larger circle that keeps getting bigger. And in the center circle are your most important relationships, your core people. They're the people that you are really closely connected with, and then you go out a little further, you're a little bit less connected with, and on out as it goes. And sometimes I think I'm more closely connected with somebody than I actually am. And when I do that, I speak some words that are a little bit more direct than I should. And when I do, that creates a lot of damage. So we have to kind of be able to read the relationship and kind of know where we're at in that relationship with the, really with the concentric circles. So that, because our verse that we've been looking at from Romans chapter 12 says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So we've got to make sure that we're doing the very best that we can because God wants all of our relationships to be healed and restored. Right. Listen, I know some of you have had some challenging relationships for years, and God really does want it to be healed and want it to be restored. And we keep thinking, I want them to change, but what if we made a decision to change? And we reached out and were really kind to them. God does want us to be healed and restored. Re restoration is always God's heart. The Amen. only issue that comes in, I want to say the only issue, one of the major issues that comes to be a problem really is we don't get to choose what other people decide that are in that situation. So all we can do is what is required of us to do. We do the best that we can, and then we have to leave it in God's hands from that point on. But I believe that God always is a God of healing and restoration as best as, you know, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So we got to be careful not to offend, and we got to be careful not to get offended. So we don't want to... A behavior to be offensive and we don't want to just let other people's wrong behavior offend us and so we kind of listed a few things that we thought kind of dealt with how do we get offended I mean 
I know the second service, none of you have ever been offended, but the first service, there were quite a few of them in there. So we wanted to share this list with you. The first one is um, unmet expectations. Do you want to read that scripture first? Go ahead. Okay, so in Luke 17, verse 1, it says, Then he said to the disciples, It is possible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. So just talking about offenses are going to come, but we just want to make sure that we're being careful. I look at it like this. I don't want to be offensive towards people and, and cause an offense, but I also don't want to be a person who takes on an offense easily. Yeah, yeah. I work through it. I get through it. I, you know, like, cause there's going to be things that are going to come. There's, yeah. you're going to like, there's been times between us, there have been offenses. Just opportunities saying, for those offenses. There have been opportunities <laughs> for offenses, but we've worked through them. Right. So God always wants healing and restoration. Because we can actually be unoffendable. Right. You know, you really can. Eleanor Roosevelt said, no one can hurt you without your consent. Right. And man, I believe it's so true that we don't have to be offended. So we listed some things that, how do, how do we get it offended? How, how, what's the doorway or the opportunity that we get offended? Uh, the first one we put down was unmet expectations. Oh, yeah. You have an expectation on a marriage. You have expectations on your kids, on your parents, on a relationship. And when those don't get met, a lot of times we can get easily offended right. with them. Right. And so that's not good. So we want to make sure that we're managing our expectations with people. Right. Because people think differently than us. And people are in different places in our life. We were talking about this this week that sometimes you see somebody doing something wrong or they just seem a little bit off in their behavior and we look at them and go man what's wrong with them and we don't recognize they they've got a struggle at home or there's a health issue or a financial issue that they're dealing with and we had this expectation on them that we put on them that we just got to be careful in the way that we manage it the second thing is betrayal we, we can get betrayed by people from time to time yeah i think this is a big one for people because i think um well we're not expecting it. So especially if it's been somebody close to us and um, a betrayal of a friendship and something goes really wrong, it causes really deep pain and a lot of heartache. And so to get through that, the, that, that pain, um, a lot of people don't navigate that. They don't know how to navigate that in a healthy way. And so it winds up causing years and years of, of, of pain if they don't get the help that they need to navigate through that. And it really, it goes into, which we're going to talk about in just a second too. It, it really goes into then toxic relationships. Yep. Hey, but before you say it, let me say it real fast. One of the probably biggest betrayals that takes place in our life is when we find out somebody gossiped about us. We, we shared something with them that we felt like was going to be just between us, a, a private thing that we were dealing with. And suddenly they go out and tell everybody, um, Gossip is probably one of the most toxic things, I believe, that happens in the body of Jesus Christ. It, it really does. It, it, it happens all the time that people are just kind of, oh, you know what I heard? You know what I heard? My dad used to say, you know what I heard? Cheap. Okay. But let me just quickly, and y'all are tough today. <laughs> let, me give you, let me give you a real quick definition of gossip um, that I, I wrote down. That gossip is talking negative about someone or something to someone who is not part of the solution or the problem. Right. So again, let me read it one more time. Gossip is talking negative about someone or something to someone 
who is not a part of the solution or the problem. Yeah. Listen, there's times when as parents, you've got to talk about some things going on with your kids. There's, as, a, as a boss, sometimes I've got to talk about some things going on with the staff. But I'm a part of the solution or I'm a part of the problem. Yeah. And so I've got to dialogue about it. But I don't have to talk about your problems that are going on in your home. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, toxic relationships, you touched on that? Yeah, toxic relationships, um, that is something that I think when we get into toxic relationships or if we don't know how to set, set healthy boundaries, people wind up getting offended because those toxic relationships can cause a lot of pain and harm. It's true. The other, other ones we listed, the God meter running low, meaning you haven't spent time with God. We, we typically run to God when we're incredibly inspired or we're incredibly desperate, but we need to continually allowing the Holy Spirit to fill us, his love to fill us, so that the overflow out of our lives begins to be the thing that we pour into other people's lives. There's no margins in your life, meaning you're way too busy. How many of you know when you get real busy, you start getting really frustrated and angry, and you get edgier and stuff? That's one of the things that creates offense. So we've got to make a choice that we're going to forgive others. We just have to walk in this attitude of forgiveness. And if we don't forgive one another, we become bitter. And nobody ever sets out in their life to become bitter. Nobody ever says, you know, I can't wait till I'm 80 years old like my grandma and just be bitter. You know, nobody decides that. But what happens over time is we don't take care of some of these root, ugly things that happen in our life. And we become more and more bitter. You'll stay immature. You, you won't grow. You'll get stuck. Some, some people are still mad about something that happened a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago. Mm-hmm. It's true. Possibly somebody here today. Listen, you need, to, you need to forgive that. You need to forgive those people in that church that hurt you. You need to forgive that family member that hurt you. It's stunting your growth. It's keeping you from becoming mature. It, it, it'll keep you from reaching your potential and your destiny. It'll keep you from walking in the fullness of life that God actually has for you. It will also, it will also cause you to build walls around you to self-protect. And when you do that, then you don't let God in and you don't let people in. And then you wind up just with such a small, really narrow group of people that you only let into your life. And I'm not saying small is bad because I am much more of a small person group of people in my life now um as far as like truth friends and things like that yeah Yeah, the core group of people um I used to be like oh it's a party everybody's welcome you know like into my life but I realized that's really not healthy you know you've just really got to have people that are you can trust and that you know love you and you love them back and you've you know some of the things too like even in forgiveness there's been some situations of people that we have walked through some really challenging things and butted heads and have had uh things that have happened that have they we walk through unforgiveness with them, like towards us. And when you work through it, you know what happens is God makes it way stronger. Like yeah. the relationship is way stronger, better now than it ever was before. Yeah. So you can walk through something really tough with somebody and come out on the other side and it'd be way better. Yeah. And what ends up happening is you miss walking in the fullness of life that God has for you. Listen, it doesn't just affect you. It affects the people that are in your life. We mentioned it earlier that you are not an island. That, like when you throw a rock into a pond, the ripple effect, you have a ripple effect of your life. Right. You, you really do. You, we, we sometimes look at people that are close to us and we're going, why on earth are they like that? Sometimes we have been a part of that. 
I, I talk with young people sometimes or, or even now adults that had parents that just spoke wrong things over them and, and declared negative word curses over them. And I watch the effect that it has on their life today. Listen, we're not an island. we got to work our hardest at really being as relationally intelligent as we possibly can and getting rid of the junk in our lives so that we can walk in the fullness of life that God has for us. This past week, uh, Brianna was sharing a story with us about uh, a friend of hers that she had gone to talk to. And Pam's going to share the story here in just a second. But it really helped us understand the effect that her parents of this girl that Brianna was talking to had on her today. So you want to read that story and share as we close today? Yeah. um, In fact, Lisa, could you join us up here? Um, Brianna had a conversation with a friend um, this past week, and she was talking to her about anxiety and fear, the fear of dying. And she asked her if um, she was afraid of dying, and the friend said yes, because she doesn't know where she's going to go or whether she's going to go to heaven or hell. And I think any of us would say that would be a little frightful too, right? And she asked her um, why she didn't know, and she said because she said she didn't read her Bible and she doesn't go to church. And Brianna explained to her that those, although those are very important things in her life, um, but those aren't the things that are going to get you into heaven. And she just t- talked to her about um, that she needed to ask the Lord into her life that that's what gets you into heaven is whether you've received Jesus into, into your life or not. And she said she didn't even know what that was like or what even the salvation prayer was because she was talking to her about the salvation prayer. She didn't even, she didn't know what that was. And so that she talked to her about it. She let her know kind of what, what, what the salvation prayer was. And so Brianna told her that whenever she's ready, she would love to pray with her. And her lack of knowledge stemmed from her not growing up in church. And, and the reason, here's the reason why. Her parents always got offended about things like money and tithe and so they would they would they left the churches and because of some small church offense this young lady's life she's worried about whether she's going to go to heaven or hell she doesn't know if her life if her destiny she doesn't know Basically, if her she felt like her eternity was in question, right? Simply because she didn't have a relationship. Yeah, with God. yeah, because she didn't know. And so, I don't know where she's at right now. I don't know if Brianna has talked to her since then. But our lives, like we said, are not our own because of the parents getting an offense and not working through it. It has affected their daughter. And so we have to understand, you need to get over your offenses, not just for yourself. You need to get over it for your family, for your kids, for your grandkids. It's important that you don't let this rule your life, that you get a hold of it and that you give it over to God. So we've shared some things with you today that are kind of um, things we've either walked through or that we're walking through to kind of maybe help you Maybe get a a picture, maybe a revelation of possibly what your next step might be. Maybe it's here today and and you're offended or you have unforgiveness or you recognize, I haven't made a decision to get plugged in because I've never seen myself as valuable. Or I'm I'm that person that feels like every time I'm with somebody and they're kind of confident, I feel like it's my responsibility to cut them down. By the way, dads, I see this with your sons all the time. Don't do that. Seriously, dads, that's a great time to say amen. You you need to speak to their destiny. You need to send them out into the world incredibly confident. And and listen, we 
we need to figure out what our next steps are today. We need to figure out this is applicable. The Word of God works. Christianity works. But we really do have to walk it out. Thank you.